0: What I am more interested about, though, from television last night is the episode of Carte Blanche that took a look at two young South Africans taking on the world of mixed martial arts. Um, And if, like me, you've got a teenage boy in the house, there's probably a very strong chance that you've already heard the name of Drickus Duplessis. Uh, My son has been getting up in the early hours of the morning to watch his fights live on TV for as long as he's been fighting in the UFC, which is, I think, since around about late 2020. He's now, though, even doubly excited because the sport of MMA has produced a second South African who has made it into that elite UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And that is a youngster named Cameron Simon. Now, the carte blanche team managed to catch up with the two of them and get a glimpse into what goes on behind the scenes, the relentless training uh, that builds up towards a major fight, which they both now face in the not-too-distant future. On the line with us to tell us more about the story is producer Sinatemba Nogode. Sinatemba, welcome to Cape Talk. It's great to have you with us.
1: Hi, people. How are you?
0: I'm great, thanks. (laughs) And you?
1: I'm good. I'm good that did you enjoy last night's show?
0: I really did. And I, I really enjoyed getting to to meet a little bit of the people behind the personas in Attempt because I as a mother I look on perplexed when my fa- my, my son watches the sport I <laughs> it doesn't appeal to me. It worries me. <laughs> it worries me that he's competing in kickboxing and and, and but anyway, uh, it was fun to actually get a sense of the people rather than the fighter you see in the ring. And um I think the first thing we must talk about is Perhaps that, that perception of mine that this is a really violent and awful sport is one that needs to be challenged because mixed martial arts as it's fought in the octagon of the UFC today is quite different from how it was regarded even a decade ago. See, November, it used to be seen as gory and violent and bloody and there were no rules in place and it was certainly not the kind of thing any gentleman would be involved in or that any sponsor would attach money to. <laughs> That's very, very different from what it's like today, isn't it?
1: Exactly yeah uh, back then you know it used to be it used to be known as cage fighting yeah. I think that added to the, to the time so but no uh, the sport is uh, has a lot of rules that are put in place you know to avoid injuries and yeah. even deaths so it's a ve- it's well regulated and uh, I mean those days you know those are of the past where it used to be just blood and gore and the cage and those were the visuals you used to see but these guys put in so much work into their, their craft and their professionals which, which, is, which is really good for the sport
0: and good for the sports sponsors as well. Sinatember, it's currently worth $7 billion. It's attracting billions in television audiences. Over 160 different countries are screening the UFC fights. I mean, it's gone from being a real niche activity that was sort of looked down upon to being a big, big mainstream sport. And um, I would imagine that as the sponsors' money uh, starts attracting itself to the sport, so too will the prize winnings for these athletes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, the, the the elite guys. Are, I mean, are, are millionaires. the moment. you yeah. talk about Conor McGregor. You yeah. talk about uh, Israel Adesanya. Those guys are global megastars. I mean, um Conor McGregor. You, you would remember just recently fought uh, for you know for a, a multi-million dollar uh, you know prize fight. Yeah. So um the yeah it, it, it's making headway, and these guys are you know a legit athletes and who take, again, take their cars seriously. And I think it's a, in South Africa, we haven't really caught up as yet. Yeah. It might be because of the time zones and all that. <laughs> but I, I think it, we're getting there. Uh, we Locally, we have what we call the ESC, the Extreme Fighting Championship, yeah. which is a, a local version where it's sort of like a feeder, um, to the ufc where you get a lot of these african guys who come in and showcase their talents and are often snapped up by the ufc so you know we're getting there as a country and as a continent
0: yeah. Listeners might recall in October last year, we interviewed a young martial, next martial arts fighter who was in the EFC as part of our 25 at 25 campaign last October. Mm. And September, I mean, it was extraordinary talking to him about his commitment to the sport as well and to the, the level of practice and the, the fitness regime that he goes through. Um, and, um, you know, just to, just to add to listeners who don't know the background and you sort of just think of it as that all, no holds barred cage fighting. Most of mm. the athletes end up in UFC. Having started in a more specialised sport like kickboxing, like jiu-jitsu, uh, muay thai, karate, boxing, uh, Dracos Duplessis, uh, the main South African, started out in judo, moved to kickboxing in his early teens, and today is one of the top contenders in the UFC. So they come there from different sort of avenues into the sport. But um look, obviously it is still very physical, and it is—I uh, mean—the risk of injury is still there. So in September there have been fatalities in the octagon in the last couple of mm-hmm. decades. Probably, I would say, fewer than you might expect, given how sort of no-holds-barred and close contact the sport is. I mean, these guys are at it from Mm. top to toe. Every body part is involved in the fight, not so.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it it is quite uh, a brutal sport, if I can put it that way. But if you look at the stats, um, you would find that uh, boxing has more fatalities than UFC, surprisingly.
0: I'm not surprised, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it makes Will sense you... to me, Senator. Sorry to interrupt, but if you think about it, boxing—you deliberately mm. aiming blow after blow after blow directly at the head. It's—it's it's a bit of a no-brainer. If you'll pardon the pun, that they're going to be head injuries um, and 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 potentially deaths from that. Whereas this—I uh, mean, it's—it's it's, if you've ever watched a game, it's on the floor, it's in the air, it's—it's it's aimed at the legs, the arms, the chest, and everywhere in between. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, you got the rare experience of going into a sort of a fighting boot camp as they were preparing for the b- the next big fights, which are coming up in Vegas in early March. Sinatember so, tell us what you and the team observed in, in that uh, in that gym.
1: Uh, you your your listeners have to realize that um these uh fight camps are are very secretive. They often yeah. close out and cameras are in no no. <laughs> so somehow I managed to twist the guy's arm yeah and we managed to get in and we spent two whole days just immersing our, ourselves in the process and how they, they spa, how they train and I must tell you Peter, it's so physical the, the guys start off at 6am in the morning and the last session is at 3pm and it's no holds barred yeah. and they go on, go in you know, full on and you know it, it's very brutal to see, and yeah, you know, um there's a comment um Derek made while we were there, uh, saying like um, you know. I wouldn't even last a, a second and he didn't if you
0: watched the show. <laughs> that was very amusing to watch particularly if you know how big Derek Watts is in real life. That he <laughs> the, the speed at which he went down was quite, was quite shattering.
1: I mean, I mean, he did last. I mean, it was five seconds so let's give him credit. But.
0: Absolutely give the man credit and he, uh, yeah, but it, it was extraordinary to watch. Sinetempa, obviously they're hard at work like this in particularly brutal training right now because there is this big fight club uh, Fight night looming uh-huh. on the fourth and what uh, will be the early hours of the fifth of March for us here in South Africa. Uh, both uh, eyes on both of these competitors. Now, Dricus Duplessis, for those who don't know, um, has been um, turned professional. Oh gosh, I think it's more, it's about a decade ago. Uh, since september he's been fighting in the UFC since 2020, and he's not lost a fight in a UFC match since then. So th- there's a lot resting on his shoulders in terms of. Expectation and, and national pride. But he has got a very big challenge ahead of him because he is the 10th ranked middleweight in the world going up against the man ranked number five in the next fight. And on paper, you'd look at that and think well, that's a big ask, but his coach seemed pretty optimistic. Oh dear, we seem to have lost our line to Senatember. We're going to try and get him back to conclude the interview. In the meantime, if you've got any questions for him, if you were watching last night and you want to ask something about what you saw or what you didn't see, give us a call on 0214460567 or send a voice note to 0725671567. Yeah, one of our listeners saying, I'm really interested listening to this interview because the sport has always concerned me and still does. Um, yeah, I, I found it very interesting to go behind the scenes a little bit last night as I said I mean my son has just only just started um, practicing kickboxing and a little bit of jujitsu so he's um, very new to the training involved but he's been watching MMA uh, for the last couple of years and it's horrified me and I've looked at it and thought I don't want to see him doing that having a perspective from standing on the side of the ring watching what training involves, certainly at the kickboxing level though, has quite shifted my perspective and I think last night's programme did so even further we've got Sinatember back, just for those joining us late, Sinetemba Nogude uh, the carte blanche producer responsible for last night's segment on Drikus Duplessis and Cameron Simon Um Sinatember, uh, you were just saying that uh, it's a big ask, uh, Drikus is taking on a man who is substantially higher up the ranking list than he is, but his coach Mourne Fister seemed quite optimistic about his chances, I thought.
1: No, uh, I think the whole camp was very optimistic. And if you look at Derek Bronson, I mean, Drickus um, has age on his side. I mean, Bronson is, you know, is, is close to 40 and Drickus is, is 28. Yeah. So he has that advantage. But, I mean, Derek Bronson, if you look at his fights, he is a total monster, if I can use mm. those words. He is, you know, ferocious. He doesn't let up. So what I like though um, is that Drakus can take a punch. He can take a punch and can give one as well. So I'm very confident that he he you know he has what it takes to you know to drop into that fifth fifth spot. So yeah, it's a lot is at stake because he's fighting a fifth placed um, uh, opponent, and if he wins that, he has a shot at the title.
0: Yeah. And
1: I mean, you know.
0: And what kind of doors open up from there and what kind of winnings mm-hmm. attach from there is also the big question. See, Cameron very much the youngster in the mix, the newbie, uh, only just descended into the UFC ranks and he's still a very youngster in his early twenties. But, um, uh, Obviously, having a fellow South African there to guide him a little bit, to help him along the way, to introduce him to to the environment must have been a big advantage for him. Um He's still got a long way to go in terms of building profile to the level Drickus has reached, but a uh, pretty exciting future ahead of him by the side of things.
1: I mean, guys, if, if the president of the USC, uh, you know, dubs you the future, mm-hmm. I mean, that says a lot. And that's what, uh, Dana White, the, the president of the USC said after, um, Cameron's last fight, um, against Coslo. Yeah. And I mean, that says a lot, but he's such a humble kid, if I could say. Um, and Rickus has sort of like taken him under his wing. And I mean, they train together and at some point they even lived together training during COVID. And there's sort of like this uh, brotherly love and this Mm -hmm. brotherly bond between them, which I think will serve them well going forward.
0: So let me put a challenging question to you in conclusion, Senator. Vic has just mailed me to say I'm not sure we should be glorifying the barbaric sport of cage uh, cage fighting. I'm really surprised at both carte blanche and you uh, for covering this. Um My response to that is I don't see this as any different to a sport like boxing or wrestling or karate or any contact sport. It's just contact with more than one point in play. It's a combination of styles that have always been acceptable to watch in, in their, in their solo form. Siddhatember, do you, how would you respond to that comment from Vic?
1: I, I mean, it's. I mean, it's not just. I mean, just like any sport, it has it, its pros and cons. And I mean, um, and again, from back in two thousand and one, uh, the, the sport has come a long way, and it's it's more professional. There are rules in place. Um, there are regulations, so it's not as barbaric as people think. I mean, for uh, example, if if there's an injury while, while the fight is going on. Uh, the referee can come in, can step in and stop the fight. And so there are, you know, um regulations in place. There are rules in place. And it's not a simple, you know, barbaric sport uh, as people often, you know, um, think of it.
0: Sinitemba Nogure, thank you. Some food for thought there and I really enjoyed the behind the scenes look at what is involved in the training for the sport. If you missed carte blanche last night and you'd like to see sinatemba's piece uh, it will make its way to the carte blanche website within the next couple of days. Of course if you've got DSTV access you can already look it up on the catch up function uh, to, to take a look right now. Um Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. Already another vo- a listener saying she loves or he loves the fact that the women fighters show in the ring that they can do as well as the men in this particular Sport? Are you a fan? Are you somebody getting up at 2, 3 in the morning on a Sunday to watch the latest UFC fight? Uh, How do you feel about it? Are you excited about the fact that we now have two South Africans in the octagon? Let us know with a voice note to 0725671567.